It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day for the beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Good morning, neighbors. It's good to have you in the neighborhood again. You know, we've been learning through this series that the, one of the key parts of being able to grow as children is to know that we are capable of being loved and we have the capacity to love others. You know, we've gone through the series, we've been listening to some of the teachings of Mr. Rogers, who we know is a, an ordained Presbyterian pre, uh, minister. Fred has been working hard to help uh, everyone know that uh, there's a word for hope and healing that can be theirs. Maybe some of us need to know that um, we are loved by God just the way you are. And we don't trust that. There's no way God or anyone else could love me just the way I am. My prayers are when I learn from the gospel lesson that God does love you, even where you are, just as you are. Hard to understand. Maybe some of us come because we had to deal with the worry and fear that has kind of consumed our lives in certain ways, and, and we're just not sure how we can allow the love of God um, to cast out the fear and the worry. How we might live into God's loving grace, how we might live into community and for care. Knowing that we love people and use things because the opposite isn't doable. It creates discord and worry. So take time to be grateful for those who have helped you become who you are. And maybe some of us are here because we're aware of our emotional health and we need to learn and understand that feelings that we have and what a gift they are to help us understand in situations to respond. Maybe there's an injustice we need to be supportive of or, or maybe our anger left unchecked uh, can be harmful to our relationships. The Bible reminds us in the letter of James that we should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. So today in this World Communion Sunday, I mentioned that uh, Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian pastor. Do you realize in 1930 it was a Presbyterian pastor who started the movement of World Communion Sunday? So, what a beautiful day in the neighborhood to come and gather at the table and recognize the desire that we would see what makes us connected and what draws us to understand our value and our worth that is shared by all of us. Maybe Mr. Rogers' lessons can help us be even better neighbors in our lives. 
So we're invited by Jesus to join God's unending hymn of grace and mercy and call uh, to see that, especially on this day, that there's a table setting for everyone without exception. This day has one-third of the world celebrating in the Christian church. That's a lot of people. But then there's two-thirds that we're called to be hospitable and caring and loving to for all God's children. You know, when Mr. Rogers grew up, he was shy, he was a bit clumsy. He found himself being picked on and bullied at times. And that was what led him to this 1930s, starting this idea of how he could create and utilize television that people might be loved into existence and, and get a better understanding of how we care for each other. Such a simple thing. Why do we struggle so much with it? After going to college, um, he came back um, saying that his first language would be music. That was his first language. And he would utilize that as a means to create and to, to speak and to allow the souls of children to be lifted up. But it was coming home for Easter that he saw television for the first time. And he watched as people were throwing pies and faces and all this movement. And he was just hated what he was seeing. But that's what led him to spread mercy through the medium. And that's when he began looking at what he could do through television. The capacity to connect and to enrich people's lives instead of being just silly. So for 30 years, this ministry which he started to children... And it continues even today. It's amazing how popular this series has been with Mr. Rogers. I'm, I'm going to apologize that next week I'll come back to myself. Sorry, but that's all I got. Um, I thought of some other series, maybe something like Deadpool, but that didn't work. I didn't. So we'll have to consider that. It seems in a sense that Mr. Rogers, whom we've been getting to know so well, would have such a clear understanding of what this day of celebration means to us. His desire that we would be connected and understand our neighbor. Here we are, able to understand that this simple message has something to say on this beautiful day. Some of the key things that Mr. Rogers would share was, first of all, it's okay to feel whatever um, it is that you feel. Understanding your feelings, they're a gift to help us understand. And we're not called to just push them down but to give language to them, to speak of them, to, to be honest about them and find clarity of how is there an injustice happening um, or am I being selfish and uncaring? But I can grow from that. The feelings help us understand that. Another lesson is that, um, that we understand that our feelings aren't an excuse for bad behavior. You can see the gospel enriched in what he's saying to kids. A certain way doesn't allow you to act in cruel or unkind ways in our behavior. So we become aware of that. Another lesson is other people are different from us. And just as complex as we are. Isn't it amazing that we know the complexity and, and the diversity in life and still we have these issues of wanting people to be just like us, to be accepted? Isn't that sad? The richness and the fabric of life is found in its diversity. That's the nature of who God is. And we're best in our diversity. I love one of the songs he wrote about neighborhood. The honesty about how we deal with each other. Sometimes people are good, he says. And they do just what they should. But the very same people who are good sometimes are the very same people who are bad sometimes. It's funny, but it's true. It's the same 
isn't it for me? Isn't it the same for you? However tempted we may be to call others bad, or how tempted we might be able to call ourselves good, all of us find ourselves struggling at times to be good or bad. And Mr. Rogers wants us to be clear that we see what is essential in each person around us. We have the capacity to do good. And through that goodness, we expand the nature and the love of God into neighborhood. Another lesson, it's our responsibility to care for the most vulnerable. Seeing people in need, understanding what they're going through, listening, right? Trying to understand who our neighbor is. And then our diversity, begin to learn to appreciate that. It was in 2018 that uh, Fred's wife, Joanne Rogers, was asked about what was going on during this election time and uh, what was happening on our borders and what would Fred have to say. And she said, it would be about the children. It would be about the immigrants who are having children taken, the children themselves. It breaks my heart, and I know it breaks everybody's heart. Simple decisions we make, the impact we have, the care that we show. Another lesson is we can work to make a difference right where we are. Right in the very context of our lives, where we work, where we, um, our homes are, where we serve, where we're in our churches, wherever we might be, we have the possibility to make a difference and it's only you, your uniqueness that God calls into that experience. Leads to another. It's important to make time to care for ourselves. So if I had a moment, I'd like to just sit with each other. If you don't mind, we'll spend a couple hours doing this, and I'll walk one by one. And how are you doing? We don't have time for that. How is it with your soul? What was your week like? Mine was pretty long. <laughs> What were some of the challenges you faced? What are the fears you have? How are you taking care of yourself? If you're someone that serves a lot of people, there are probably at times that you neglect your own need. And we begin to operate our lives out of really emptiness. How often do you show compassion to yourself? I learned this, and I just think it's a great exercise just to place your hand on your chest and say, Gary... It's okay. No one's perfect. You've got the love of God, love of community. You'll be okay. Show a little compassion to ourselves. It's not a bad thing. And Mr. Rogers, of course, was constantly taking care of himself with um, swimming and all the activities he did in his devotional life were all to assist him being in a good place so he could care for others. Some of us are in tough spots, and it's hard to care for ourselves. Please do that. And finally, we are neighbors. Mr. Rogers didn't call us acquaintances or friends. Um, he didn't say boys and girls. He, he was very intentional. Or, or ladies and gentlemen, he would call us neighbors. I love the inclusive feel of that, neighbors. Neighborhood in the biblical sense, he would well understand the Hebrew Bible and instructs God's people to love your neighbor as you love yourself, from Leviticus, Deuteronomy. In the New Testament, Jesus is constantly discussing the commandment and making us aware of what it means to be in relationship to God by loving your neighbor. 
In fact, that leads us to our scripture today from Luke's gospel, the 10th chapter. We have the parable of the Good Samaritan leading up to it. We have this encounter. We have this person of the law stood there trying to trip up Jesus about what's most important. Let's listen to this text. An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus' teacher. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Did you ever think about that one? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. But wanting to vindicate himself, he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? I love how the text says to vindicate or, you know, or, or to justify my lack of seeing everybody as my neighbor. And Jesus gives this response. You think, well, he's going to go into the law and give, articulate specifics and make sure that we believe the right system and that we're in line with what Jesus is saying. But what does he do? He tells a story. The story that we know as the Good Samaritan. I love this as a kid growing up. It's a great story for children, especially to reenactment. We've got this three travelers. We've got the one wounded along the road. Uh, we've got the innkeeper. All these characters play in understanding um, what it means. Remember, the question was, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, love your neighbor. And so he tells a story. My favorite part in this, of course, when I was growing up and reenacting it, I wanted to be one of the robbers. It's <laughs> so much fun beating somebody up. So I know, I got issues. But we would enact it and we'd go through it. And, and as children, we began to understand that this is a story of what it means to be passed by by somebody. The story is about those religious leaders who had pious religious reasons to go around the one who was wounded. And then Jesus brings out the story of the Samaritan. Children know what it's like to be passed by. And yet this story points out through its narrative what it means to be the neighbor, to connect with what it means to be people of life, salvation. When we look at this as adults, sometimes we're more focused in on some of the realities of what the Samaritan role is. Here's the outcast, the second-class citizen, and then they find themselves as being the main character of demonstrating what is good in Jesus' story, which messes us up again because we think, well, it wasn't even a Jew, it was a Samaritan. We begin to understand the power of the story. It's even like, you know, public domain, to use the term, um, you know, that uh, the Good Samaritan, it's, it's actually used in our law. There's the Good Samaritan law where if somebody assists somebody along the road, they're, they're not able to be sued for their action, theoretically. But it is intended to be an opportunity for us to do good and, and encourage people to do it and protect people who are doing it. This all grew out of what must I do to inherit eternal life? This guy must have been versed in the Mosaic Law. He understood what it says. He knew the text. 
But Jesus asked him, you tell me. And that's when he quotes out of Deuteronomy, love God and neighbor. That's also the heart of the Christian faith. It's the heart of our mission statement as a church. To love God, care for each other, serve in the world. The heart of what it means, not only a vision of our purpose, our mission, but it's our process. This is what we do. This is how we live. This is where our life comes from. I don't know if this ruler was wondering if Jesus was a good guy or not. Maybe he wasn't a very good rabbi. We're just testing him. We're going to mix it up. They weren't always liking what Jesus had to say because sometimes they get their ways of thinking and understanding God, and Jesus kept just expanding it all the time and challenging them. You could see why they wanted to trip him up. And so Jesus says, after asked, you know, who's my neighbor or how big is my neighborhood supposed to be, Jesus? He begins to give this, well, be like the Samaritan. It's not easy. The Samaritan had to risk and, and to care for someone, but it wasn't a story having anything to do with race or gender or sexual orientation or socioeconomic status or their political beliefs. Who is not our neighbor to love? Jesus didn't argue the issues. He just told a story. The Samaritan, the second-class citizen, the outcast became the center of the meaning of the story. So Jesus asked the lawyer, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the litigator responds, is the one who showed mercy. No lecture on ritual purification laws. Instead, simply a good neighbor, simply is the one who offers mercy or compassion to the people need around them. Changes the whole worldview, I think, of this lawyer. Mercy doesn't ask about color or sexual identity or economic status or political party. Mercy is not concerned with deserving or piety or um, purity laws. Mercy is just an action that God gives us a gift and calls us to do the same. The neighbor, the one in need of human compassion, which sounds like all of us, is the one that Jesus is calling us to care for. In our letter to the Galatians, our text today reminds us of this inclusive nature of the gospel. For in Christ Jesus... You are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. Why do we struggle so hard with this? God forgive us. But may we hear the simple message of Mr. Rogers to the children. God loves you just the way you are and that you're cared for and that I want to be your neighbor. But being a neighbor, you don't come in with a sense of justifying your own behavior by the way you talk to people or where you care for them. It's a mutual exchange. It's a sense of community. It's giving and receiving. And this is a hardship too because I think sometimes we're fine in being as the giver person. It's just hard for us to receive. 
But here's what Renee Brown says about this in The Gifts of Imperfection. Until we can receive with an open heart, we are never really giving with an open heart. When we attach judgment to receiving help, we knowingly or unknowingly attach judgment to giving help. Being a good neighbor understands that we care and mutually support this extravagant generosity, this radical hospitality. It's the nature of who we're called to be. Today we celebrate on this World Communion Sunday, the opportunity that we gather that Jesus calls us to this place to know there's a setting for every individual, that all are welcome, and ours is an open communion available to anyone. And today we're doing a little bit different. I don't know if you noticed, but we set tables up. Did you see those? And the beauty of that, as uh, uh, Mary Paul and now put this all together with other help, is that the diversity of the plates and the symbolism of us coming together And in a moment, we're going to invite you to come to the table. We're going to do our best. I'm sorry, this is going to be like an unorganized Thanksgiving meal. We're just going to do our best to kind of get around, all around the table. And then we're going to receive the bread and just make sure people around you receive it. And then we're going to take the bread and eat together at one time. And then we're going to do the same with the cup and share it with each other and and make sure everyone gets opportunity and um, receive that as well. And then we'll close in the Lord's Prayer. So let us prepare ourselves for gathering at the table that extends around the world to a God who calls us to know how big our neighborhood is. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for this gift of life and love. Help us understand the beauty and blessing that we have to be your children in the neighborhood that expands around the globe. Help us be able to share your love. Help us be able to receive your love from you and others. Help us know how big the neighborhood is in this setting of life and gift of life you've given to us. It's a beautiful thing. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. It's a good feeling to know you're alive. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside and when you wake up ready to say I think I'll make a snappy new day It's such a good feeling, a really good feeling The feeling you know that I'll be back When the day is new and I'll have more ideas for you And you'll have things you want to talk about I will too so to make life exciting and beautiful remember to be who God has created you to be uniquely who you are and see the neighborhood in which expands around the creation go in the peace and love of Christ bye bye